So, substitute teachers don't just teach, they build relationships. And of course, full-time teachers do that too. But with substitute teachers, it's just different. Let's go. All right, guys, today we're going to talk about relationships a little bit, how substitute teachers can build relationships. Now, I know from talking to the students I teach that some of their substitutes come in, just sit in a chair, and really pay them no attention. Now, if you're like that and you're one of those types of teachers, You've got the right to make up your mind. If that's your style, that's your style. But hang around. I'm going to try to get you to change your mind because I think substitute teachers building relationships with their students is one of the most powerful part of the learning process. They will pay attention more. They will do more for you. And they will look forward to you coming back. And, of course, they'll tell their teachers that, that they really enjoyed you and want you to come back. So I'm going to encourage everyone to listen to this podcast today, and we'll talk about those relationships. Now, I'll start right out by telling you that one of the best things I ever heard in my life, I never knew how the teachers felt about me as a teacher. Now, of course, I got the casual comments about how you're doing a really great job. I've been in a classroom, one classroom I was in for the first time, a co-teacher was in there with me. I think it was a history thing where I was given the option to read to the students, and I did. I mean, what better way to interact with the students of actually reading with them, letting them read from time to time? And I remember the co-teacher telling me that she called her or actually text her teacher and said, hey, you need to you need to get this guy to come back. So doing stuff with the kids is the greatest And the thing I remember most that a teacher once told me, she actually introduced me to somebody else and said, she didn't say anything about my teaching ability. She said, Greg is really good about building relationships with the students. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, I'm going to guess most of you are already like that because the ones that find podcasts are usually teachers who really, and substitute teachers who really want to improve themselves and really want clues for how to have the teacher ask them back. And they want clues of how to be more popular with the students, not someone that just comes in and yells and goes home at the end of the day. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And that's what my goal has always been. Now, You know that I'm a volleyball referee, and I'll suggest that one of the first way you can build relationships is to not just participate in extracurricular activity, but don't forget to tell your students in class that you're going to come to their game that night, or you're going to come to their archery meet that night, or you're going to come to their academic team meet that night. 
that way they expect you to come. I've had, you know, players on ball teams. I don't get to very many basketball games because it coincides with the refereeing volleyball for a little bit. But I do get get there on occasion. And I thought one of the coolest things that ever happened to me is when I walked into a basketball game and the uh, players were warming up. Two of them came over. They stopped their warm-ups. Two of them came over and talked to me. They were excited to see me there. It just so happened I had their class the next day, and I had to read something disciplinary to them from the day before. And I think, you know, they told me they'd do better. I think it's because that I had built relationships. Now, there's all kinds of ways to do that. You can't, not all of you, can get to their extracurricular activities. That's, that's my first thing I would encourage you to do. But obviously, most of the relationship building part will be in the classroom. And here's my suggestions. You have to have things ready to discuss with them that's kind of outside the material you're teaching. Now, you heard me say on the podcast last week when Rose asked me, Mr. Collins, what do you do when you run when the material that the teacher left runs out and there's still class time? And I said, if you remember, I said, you know, I usually hope for that. I want to have a few minutes at the end of class to do my own thing and to interact with them, to joke with them, share my corny stories with them make them smile. But at the same time, what I shoot for now that I've gone through their class material and know what they're doing, I might Google a little bit while they're working on it. I will try to be as interactive as possible. I will immediately go and help a student when their hands are raised. Sometimes I will start by saying, now, I don't know this topic as well as I know some of the others, but I will definitely help you, and we'll try to do it together. They're not allowed to have their smartphone, so sometimes I'll even Google something and help them out a little bit. I'm not going to cheat for them. I'm not going to just tell them the answer, but I will help them get started and maybe jog their memory as to what they'd been taught. So, That definitely builds relationships. Walk around. Even if you're not talking with them, if you walk around, what happens is when you get close to them, all of a sudden, some of them start opening up that weren't opening up before. They start talking to you, and then when you come back around again, maybe maybe then they will ask you the question. Maybe then they'll ask you something personal. Maybe then can I, they'll say, can I tell you a joke, Mr. Collins? And, you know, I'll be honest with you, even if it's not funny, laugh a little bit, maybe lead into a joke of your own and build that relationship with that student. You know, I really think even outside of the stories and the jokes you can tell them, I really think you build the relationship better by doing the part where you're helping them with their work. They know that you genuinely are concerned. You're not in there just to go through a comedy routine. That's not what I'm talking about. Show them that you're uh, genuinely concerned about what they're doing. I hope you guys get the opportunity to be a long-term sub on occasion. I know a lot of you that listen to this are 
in the process of becoming a full-time teacher, so you're already substitute teaching a lot, and I hope a lot of you fall into this category. But especially if these kids see you day after day for a while, if you're in that long-term sub-role, you have got so much opportunity to build those relationships. Use that extra time. Get them through class. Here's my ideas, okay? Especially when, if you're long-term sub or you're going to return to that class, and let's face it, if you're going to do this a lot, if you're not just doing it maybe a couple of days a week, and you're concentrating on a certain district, you're probably going to see those kids again. I I substitute at eight different schools, but they're all in the same district. And I don't think, unless I stick with middle school, so unless it's something younger than that, or high school, I do some high school, unless it's something younger than that, I would expect to see those students again, unless they're maybe sixth graders or freshmen and I had never met them before. So here's why I hope that I have time at the end of each class to do my own thing. I like to do just kind of extracurricular topics outside of the classroom. I'll try to pick one that maybe they've been working on during that class period. But if I don't, there are plenty of middle school class materials. If you look around the classroom itself, maybe try to get there a at least 30 minutes early as to when your shift starts. I'm an early riser, so I'm usually there an hour before I have any classes. I want to get the layout of the room. I like to look around and take pictures sometimes and send them to you guys on our Facebook page. I like to look at that. I like to look on the desk. I like to see what extra materials they have around because most teachers They will keep materials laying around for students that get finished early for them to read from. Or occasionally, you'll even see in your lesson plans, have them read from this weekly reader. Have Some will be actually use those as their assignments. Have them read this article and write their opinion about it. A lot of times, I will look through those and look for ones they haven't been assigned, and then have them debate the topic. One of my favorite topics that I've debated, I guess I've brought up for debates in class over the last two years. I bring it up all the time because there's never a shortage of opinions when you bring this up. And the topic is, students, should your parents or guardians have the right to track you through your smartphone everywhere you go. (laughs) I guarantee you, when you ask, even if you tell them from the beginning, don't raise your hand yet, they'll be squirming in their seat. They'll want to be one of the first ones to talk. And it's amazing what you'll find out. You might think you know right now what their answer is going to be. You might be surprised because the overall opinion that I've picked up have surprised me. It changes a little bit with older students, but a lot of them understand why parents or guardians have to do that. So building relationship with kids, that works a lot because I like to have something they can debate at the end of class and they appreciate getting the opportunity to do that. Have some good topics. Have you know maybe have a few sports topics, but 
if you're a sports enthusiast, don't overwhelm them with sports because I notice even when I ask questions on a quiz, when I'm long-terming, if I have designed a quiz and I just throw in a sport like football because I'm trying to say if, you know, maybe if it's a multiplication problem and the team averages so many touchdowns per game, how many touchdowns would they score in four games, something like that. Well, the very fact that I put football in there, that immediately turns some students off that don't have any interest in sports. So you have to be leery of using it too much. Even if the question was easy, if the answer, finding the answer was easy, just the fact that it's sports and not something maybe that they're interested in, it turns them off a little bit. So I try to build relationships with students. Pay attention. Now, I will say that when you're, if you get the opportunity to design quizzes, put some of their names in the quiz. I've got a softball pitcher that I've used in a question. I've got an academic team person I've used in a question. I've got a Harry Potter fan, which I personally have no interest in, but I made one of the questions on the quiz with Harry Potter in the question itself. And it just kind of, the kids get a kick out of it when they see it at first, and then they concentrate on doing the question better, I think. So, all kinds of extra stuff like that to build relationships. Read articles. I would encourage you, if, especially if it's a history class, have them listen to one of the short news items. Now, it's been a, a while since, to, you know, we're in January of 2021 now, and it's been a while since we've had a lot of CNN 10-type uh, CNN of things to talk about. Because uh, some of us aren't in the classroom as much right now. I, we plan to go back this week, by the way. this is Today is J- uh, January 16th, 2021. So I hope that happens. And I hope everybody's getting healthy out there. But that will give you some good. It's set up. Even if you don't agree with everything CNN does, how often do we ever agree with anything totally? But it might plant some thoughts in your head as some from some discussion topics. So... Be prepared to discuss extra things with those kids to build those relationships. It lets them know that you think what they have to say is important, even outside of the classroom material, and they will look forward to you coming back. Now, other ways you can build relationships with students is to, I guess, go to bat for them is the best way to say that. And there's another baseball analogy, so I apologize for the too many sports things. But I have been in classes where sometimes it might just be where they've asked you to sit in a classroom with a group of students and have them concentrate on working a project. Sometimes you will see them get frustrated. Maybe it's something automated. I've had this happen before that a student was working on something that was automated and something happened in the program itself. I can't remember if they got kicked out internet-wise or if just there was some kind of glitch in the program, but it it, it raced like their last 10 minutes of work, and I, I witnessed the whole thing. So I made sure everybody knew that about the student. I made sure that Sometimes I would be in a classroom where 
While I won't say that students were being punished, they had gotten behind in their work. And I had a classroom where everyone in there was behind in their work. And maybe the ones that hadn't got behind, maybe they were out, you know, having being rewarded in some way, maybe with a soft drink or something like that. And these kids didn't get to participate. Now, they needed to get their work caught up. So that's not an issue at all. But I will occasionally take up for kids in that situation. I know there's some schools that I have been to that don't ever do that. They they think that the, I guess in quotes, that that appears like punishment to them and they'd rather not do that to the students. They try to encourage them in other ways. Maybe something to do that would be less harsh would be to like, if you're playing a game in a room, maybe that student, it's still kind of harsh, but maybe that student needs to get work caught up that, and not participate in the game this time. So those are alternatives. But I have, and I think most of the teachers were appreciative, but maybe some of them weren't. I have taken up for students that were in that situation and just say, listen, here's what I've seen at other schools that do it a different way and maybe don't they don't whether this is really a reward for the students that got their work caught up but these students that didn't they see this as punishment and I'll make some suggestions about how maybe they could improve on this or would they consider doing it a different way and I know sometimes I have to be careful about that because it appears like I would take up for the students regardless of how the teachers felt. And that's not it at all. In fact, I have never taken up for students that I haven't talked to at least one or two teachers beforehand to let them know why it bothers me a little bit. And those teachers that I've talked to, unless they're lying to me, they always say, you know, I understand. I've had one of them actually say, I'm kind of on your side. I'm not real comfortable with it either. So I'm the type of personality I will take up for kids regardless. Now, I won't take up for them if they've done some bullying or if they've done some something in the hall that they shouldn't done. Maybe they had used language they shouldn't have used. Maybe they had just done something that is not proper in the classroom. Now, if it's simple stuff like, you didn't come in dress code. I will talk to them about it, but I won't be too harsh. Now, bullying, I will get right to the point. Hitting somebody in the hallway, you know, that's going to get you in trouble and make you go to a special room anyway. But I will be much more serious. And, of course, that is not anything that I would take up for the student. Now, I will be listen, willing to listen to a student over something like that. And it's really kind of interesting I did have one situation where I went in to teach, the substitute teach. The teacher was actually a friend of mine. She had told me that I probably wouldn't have this certain student in the room today because he got in trouble for hitting another boy. So I said, okay, but it turns out that his length of punishment was over. He wasn't in the special room that they go to when they're being punished for something like that. But when that particular class started, there he was. And of course, 
you know, when a student has done something like that and you've heard about it, you know, you, you remember that I've always told you I'd rather not even hear about students beforehand too much because I like to make up my own mind. I, I want to learn about that student on my own. In this case, the student did show up in class. His punishment was over. I talked to him a little bit. I made a point to talk with him a little bit so that I could build that relationship. And in this case, now this is not always going to be the case, but in this case, he talked to me too. And especially, now I did see some things he did in the classroom that's probably not the best, and I I told him to settle down a bit, but I did open up the conversation. And it just so happened that that particular period was the lunch period, and their time to eat lunch was right in the middle of their class. So we had some class, then we went to lunch, and then we had the second half of the class of that period. So it's interesting, the first half of the class, I opened up the conversation and talked to him. And I even asked him, you know, what got you into trouble? He said, well, I punched a guy. And that's all he said. But then we went to lunch. And we came back, and I was walking them back from from lunch, and guess who caught up with me to talk to me? And he said, Mr. Collins, I ask you, what would you do in this situation? And it turns out that the reason he had punched a boy is because this guy was walking down the hallway with his girlfriend, and another boy called him, called the girl a name that he shouldn't have. It's an offensive name. It's a bad offensive name. It's a name that if I had been in the hallway and heard it, I would have immediately said something about it. But he asked me, he said, Mr. Collins, if another guy called your girlfriend this name, wouldn't you punch him? And of course, I said, no, I wouldn't punch him. I said, I know why you were upset. I would probably spout off at the guy and say, you don't call my girlfriend that. But, you know, everyone reacts differently. I'm not a punching type person. I would never tell somebody to punch someone else. But did I at least understand him a little bit more when he told me that story? I did. And now... Every time that I see him in the hallway, he still gets in trouble from time to time. But you know what? He talks to me all the time when he sees me, even if I'm not teaching his class that day. I hope to run into that guy when he's an adult and be able to see that he's been successful. Successful. I'll close with one last comment about relationships that I've told this story to you before many episodes ago. I love it so much that I will probably tell you again someday. I remember going, it was was a long-term role, but it wouldn't have mattered. If you were just here a a day here and a day there, it would have been the same deal. I had a student in class. Nobody actually warned me about him, but I had a student in class that did some very disruptive things from time to time. He would walk to the front of the classroom, see how many kids would see him, just to grab a tissue, and then he would make different movements, or he would be get himself a little carried away in the class. Sometimes I would have him come back and sit next to my desk. I could tell he was smart. I told him that. I whispered to him. I said, 
man, you're smart. You're wasting you're wasting your ability. I later knew, I was told a little bit about his background, his home background. I don't know if that contributed to it or not. But what I know is I, I gave that kid just a few extra minutes of attention each time I saw him. And then one day we were in an assembly that I happened, happened to be substitute teaching. I wasn't even teaching his class, but I went up and sat in the bleachers. And lo and behold, this kid came up. He saw me. He was already sitting with his friends. He saw me and came up and sat next to me. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that if I hadn't tried and just give him a little bit extra time in class, he probably wouldn't have done that. But he felt good about coming up and sitting next to me and talking to me while that assembly was going on. And I saw the little kid part of him then. And it really, it really paid off that I had spent that extra time with him. It turns out that the, the following year when he was in the next grade, he was, I taught his class and I knew he was smart. And not only had he kind of turned his life around, at least in the school, I don't know about his personal life, but he turned his school life around now enough that he was getting good grades. And when I was there, he went out of his way to say, Mr. Collins, can I finish my assignment? Do you want me to help any of the other students finish theirs? Now, what a great story that is. I don't know that I changed that kid's life, but I want to say that just spending a few extra minutes with him like I did, that at least played a small part in getting that kid headed to the right direction. All right, substitute teachers and teachers, if you're out there listening to this too, I would encourage you to not just go and sit down and to be honest, not just go in and teach. Build those relationships with their students. They need you. They need you to be a role model for them. Okay? That's it for Substitute Teachers Lounge podcast this week. We'll be back again with a new episode next week. Music provided by Ben Sound.